How do functional programmers think about the single responsibility principle? Hi, my name is Eric Normand, and these are my thoughts on functional programming. So the single responsibility principle says that a thing should only have one responsibility. And one thing, one way to check if something has more than one responsibility is to say everything it's responsible for, and if you use the word and, or or, or but, then maybe it's not a single responsibility. Maybe you have multiple responsibilities in there. And I think that's a that's a good rule of thumb, but it requires you to be pretty astute. Because you have to be able to articulate the concerns in that sentence well. What do I mean by that? Well, I could say uh, this, this object, this class, is responsible for keeping track of the orders coming into the restaurant. Okay, it sounds like one sentence, I didn't use the word and, you know, it, it's fine. Um, but what does keeping track of mean? Does this, is there some kind of context about like this being a concurrent environment? And so when you start thinking about those things, and these aren't even like operational concerns, right? These are still functionality-wise. Uh, when you start thinking about those, it becomes clear like, well, am I talking about uh, durability? Is this, does this have to be stored on disk, right? What about if the power goes out or, you know, the network goes down temporarily is there some kind of networking concern that I have to take care of? Um, is there, like I said before, some kind of concurrency involved? How many systems are giving me uh, orders at the same time? You know, it becomes a pretty... Uh, it's a pretty big mess of things. And just being able to say it in one sentence, keep track of the orders as they come in, is not is not clear enough. And I see this happen all the time in the object-oriented world where, where they'll think this is a very clear, small responsibility, but actually it's like a hundred responsibilities. It's, it's keep track, or keep track, it's deal with the concurrency, right? So you want them to come in in a certain order, so you need a queue. Um, you are dealing with persistence. You are uh, presuming persisting to disk. You are dealing with the errors that you have on the network as it flakes out. Um, all of these things are real concerns, and they're responsibilities of the object. And what a language like closure does is it will it will separate out all of those concerns 
into their own little objects. Uh, so, for instance, you have something like an atom enclosure, which has a single responsibility, which is to maintain a, a transactional state, right? To make sure that no two threads are writing to it at the same time, right? So you get a consistent transition from one value to the next. And that's all it does. And so I think that this is one of those things that when you, when you come from a different paradigm, from a different, you know, from a different language, uh, with a different style of thinking, with a different idea of what a responsibility is, this seems like so tiny and, and like almost something you weren't even thinking about before. But that is how closure gets its power. It's from building these small tools that that um, work that that have such a small responsibility that they can be clearly reused and understood and composed together to define a real solution. So. I think that when when people talk about single responsibility, they they often will make that sentence, but they're not really thinking about all of the responsibilities that a thing might have. And this is one of the problems with reuse in classical object-oriented programming, in Java-style object-oriented programming. Um, you know, someone will say, it's the same problem, okay, it's the same problem. Someone will say, what is the responsibility of this class to, and, and it'll be like, to represent a person, right? And it's like, oh, I said it in one sentence without using and, so that must be a thing, right? And the class has like 300 methods, and it's it's managing all sorts of stuff. And when you look into it, you know, it turns out, well, it's got, it can read and write itself to the database. It um, is, you know, person means a different thing to different departments. So a uh, person in the HR department is really an employee. And person in the hiring department is like a, is a candidate. And person in the accounting department is someone that you might have to pay. And so, like, all of these responsibilities are, um, are, are put together into this one giant object. And really, uh, that's not going to be reusable very much. Um, those methods are going to confuse the, the, the different departments because they are using the same words that they're used to, but with different meanings, because different departments have different meanings for them. And it's just going to be, it's just going to be, like, not reusable. If you go smaller, though, and I think this was the secret of small talk, and why people thought that object-oriented programming would give you something reusable. If you go smaller to something like a tuple, Right? Oh, this just keeps two things together. That's its responsibility. 
it keeps two values. You know, a, a pair. It could be a three-tuple or something, and it keeps three values. But um, you have a tuple that keeps two values. That's its responsibility. That's it. You have an atom. This makes sure that state changes are transactional. Boom. Awesome. You have... Um, something like a, a hash map. This maintains a mapping from keys to values. And it, it's just very small responsibilities that that are reusable because they're so small and regular, right? That you can you can rely on them. Um, and so that's that's how we see this like single responsibility principle is, is that things are not as um, th- this rule of thumb of like of writing a sentence is just not enough. You need to th- you need to think uh, about the problem and cut it up more down to a smaller granular level to where you feel like. Yes, this thing is so small, I cannot get it wrong. It has no corner cases because it's so small. It's just it's just it. There's no way that this is wrong. I can rely on this for sure. That's when you know that you've got something. Right? Because you know, the the level of abstraction you're at or or it all depends on the other tools you have available in your language, right? Like a tuple might be really high level if you're writing in assembly. Right? Because you have to deal with memory management and you know, it's just not right. It's not the right right place for that. So it's not something you can just rely on. But if you got all this other stuff like garbage collection and um you know, uh, private private methods and stuff you can you can you can rely on those things and make something really solid all right so i've been kind of rambling on um with with basically a simple idea which is like break stuff down more until you feel like this is solid then you can put it back together all right my name is eric normand uh please subscribe you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit subscribe. You can subscribe to the podcast. Um, I also love to hear from my listeners. So I'm at Eric Normand on Twitter. And also, you can email me. I'm Eric at listcast.com. All right, I'll see you next time.